like to direct your attention here this morning to the book of Acts, chapter number one. Great to see everybody this morning, the house of the Lord. Going to be going to two verses here initially. One is found in the book of Acts, chapter number one. The other one is going to be found in the book of Revelations, chapter number 12. Familiar reading of scripture here this morning, Acts chapter one, verse number seven. And Jesus said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Now, this was written over 2,000 years ago, but ladies and gentlemen, that is still true. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses. Everybody said witnesses. Okay. We had about five people obey the pastor. Everybody say witnesses. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, Revelation chapter 12. And verse number 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. That's what Satan does. He goes to and fro, but he also has access to the throne. And when he gets there, it's to accuse us and to accuse God for loving us, favoring us, and blessing us. Look at verse number 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Everybody said word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. I want to preach to us for a few moments here this morning about the word of your testimony. The word of your testimony. If you'd put your Bibles down, let's lift our hands and let's pray together. Some of you have come from a long way for a word from God. And I feel a total assurance that you're going to get something from the Holy Ghost in this service here today. Come on, let's lift our voice and pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you for the opportunity to be gathered together in such a godly assembly. We pray for the power of your spirit. We pray for the work of word of God to unlock every prison, to unlock and bring understanding and revelation. We ask it in the name above every name, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I have seen this 
read this particular passage of Scripture, I don't know, I'd like to say hundreds of times, it feels that way. Just for the sake of this message here today, suffice it to say I have looked at this particular passage of Scripture in Revelations chapter 12 many, many times. The context to this begins in verse number 7, and there was war in heaven between Michael and the, and the angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought his angels. So there is war. There is a war going on. And there is a war in the spirit world. And verse number 9 says, And that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. If you are not baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and living a godly, overcoming life, there is a degree of deceivability that is at work in your life. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of our Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. This scene is played out in heaven. Satan has not yet been cast out. The very next verse says, in verse number 12, therefore rejoice ye heavens, ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you. Recently, I called a Greek scholar. Um, I felt like God put this particular passage on uh, my mind and on my heart. And I desired to get a better grasp of the understanding. And he validated for me. I already thought this, but he validated for me that the very first 11 verses of this chapter are taking place in heaven and then you have the dragon being cast down to earth where he pursues Israel into the wilderness. Whole nother story. So this message today begins in Acts chapter number one with Jesus saying, and thou shall be witnesses. And then in Revelation chapter 12, in heaven, it says the word of their testimony. The why, reason why that is significant is because there's some places where the word witness means something else, and there is places where the word testimony means something else. But there are many times where the meanings of these two words are Synonymous comes from the Greek word martus, and it means witness, experience, that which has been seen, that which has been experienced. And so, uniquely, in Acts chapter number one, this witness begins on earth. And a testimony is accumulated in heaven. A witness is given in Jerusalem. And a testimony is accepted in heaven. A witness 
is given unto the Jews. And the testimony is shared by all of redeemed humanity in Revelations chapter number 12. Acts chapter number one begins with the Jews and Revelation chapter number 12 ends with the church. We could go on. But ultimately and uniquely in every single dispensation of time, even that which is considered to be antediluvian. Now that is a theological word, antediluvian, that literally means before the flood. And theologically it is representing a particular period of time in the earth. But even before the creation of the worlds, or at the creations of the worlds, God has always had a witness. You have to understand that every single covenant and every single dispensation has got the involvement of a human being or more than one human being. And so God has always had a witness. The book of Job records one of the most incredible things in the book of Job, chapter number 38, begin reading in verse number four. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Verse five. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or thou hath stretched the line upon it. Next verse. Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, or who laid the cornerstone thereof? Next verse. When the morning stars, everybody said morning stars, sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. This is before the creation of Adam and Eve. Biblical expositors believe that it was the angelic realm before Lucifer has fallen before angels became demons. This was the pre-fall. But at the creation of the worlds, the angelic realm witnessed the omnipotence, the omniscience, the omnisapience of an almighty God. You have to understand in the Old Testament, whenever you see the terminology sons of God, it is not referring to regenerated humanity like it is in the New Testament. The New Testament uses the terminology sons of God. But in the Old Testament, when that terminology is used, it is always indicative of the angelic realm. And so God has always had a witness. And here in the book of Job, chapter number 38, at the creation of the worlds, God has a witness. More specifically, the nation of Israel became, of all people on the earth, they became a people that had a witness. But because the nation of Israel was not where they needed to be in God at all times, uh, it was very rare for them to be in a place where they were all right with God. They were normally in trouble with God, which is why you had what they call the exile, which is where Babylon came in 
and devastated the city of Jerusalem and took all the gold and the finery and took God's people to be slaves and captives again. It was never God's will that his people would ever be in bondage again after bringing them out of Egypt. But because they became idolatrous, God came in. And under the ministry of Jeremiah, it was prophesied that God would take them to Babylon. So the nation of Israel lost their testimony. You may remember, we talked about this several weeks ago in another message, how that the nation of Israel brought the ark of the testimony. They brought it out, and there was a great shout when the ark appeared, and the Philistines began to fear. But they lost their testimony. Their, the ark of the, of the testimony ended up in the possession of the Philistines. As we talked about several weeks ago, when it was finally mentioned that there were components of what God had intended to be part of the testimony to Israel. It, w- it was missing when somebody finally found out that the rod that budded and the bowl of manna was, was missing. There were only two tablets of stone that had the Ten Commandments. Living for God is never supposed to be do's and don'ts. So you got to make sure you got to keep God's testimony. And so for many, many years, the testimony among God's people, the nation of Israel, was incomplete. They finally did get the ark back. It's recorded at the the dedication of Solomon's temple. But it was an incomplete testimony. It wasn't until the church, you and I, that we are now God's testimony. We are now God's testimony. We are the restored testimony in A.D. 33 when the Spirit of God was poured out on all flesh. It was God that was restoring his testimony in the earth. The book of Hebrews chapter number 10 says this, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, not on the tablets of stone anymore, but I will put their laws in their hearts, and in their mind will I write them. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We fulfill the rod that budded in the Old Testament. We are now the royal priesthood. We now are God's witness and testimony in the earth. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. We are not supposed to be worldly. We're not supposed to be like the world. That is not God's witness. That is not God's testimony. God's testimony is to be like any other people in the earth. Oh, let's clap our hands and give God the praise. I'm excited to be a witness for Jesus. How about you? When somebody says a dirty joke on the job, everybody else may laugh, but I'm not. I'm going to be on the Lord's side. Everybody says, look up at the screen and see what some R-rated deal. Everybody in the room may do it, but I'm going to be on God's side. No, 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 no. I am his witness. I am his living testimony. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. The church is God's testimony in the earth. I was doing a little bit of homework in preparation for this message. 
and I discovered that the denominational world is no longer witnessing. They've given up on it. There is a generation that is finally raised up that feels like God's people should not be invasive. Just turn the lights way down and turn the Christian rock music way up. Sing a bunch of songs and everybody's going to find out what God's like. God's always had a witness. God wants a witness that is separated. God's looking for a witness that's holy. God, oh, come on. Come on, it's time to get your testimony back. It's not too late. It's not too late to get it back so that you can end up on judgment day and said, I'm an overcomer by the word of my testimony. On the other hand, I think that we should get more violent. Not violent, violent, but radical violent. Man, I, I was door knocking one day years ago, and a guy had a sign on his door that said, no preachers, no pushers, no pimps, a couple other expletives. I thought, this guy's not going to tell me what to do. So I went ahead and knocked on his door. Came to the door. I said, My name's Pastor Rick Mayo. I'm Pastor Little Church over here on Sprague Avenue. And uh, it's a startup church, and I'd like to invite you. He looked at me. He looked at the sign on the door, looked at me, looked at the sign, looked at me. I'm starting to get nervous by now. Looked at me, looked at the sign, and said, Can't you read? Pam! I said, Yeah, I can read. But devil, you ain't putting that spirit on me. I'm putting my spirit on you. There ain't no chains on my feet. There ain't a muzzle on my mouth. There ain't no guilt and shame in my spirit. Okay. When the devil reminds you what you've done, you need to remind him where he's going. Oh, can somebody clap their hands in the back and give God the praise? If you're really living this and you really got this, you understand exactly what I'm saying. But God has already always had and maintained a witness in the earth. What I really want to preach here today is exemplified probably no better than my friend, the Apostle Paul. He was not always Paul. For a majority of his life, he was Saul. You remember in Acts chapter number 9, he was on his way to Damascus for more permission to, uh, permission to bring greater havoc to the church of the living God. And you know the story. He saw a bright light thrown off of his horse. He was blinded by the light, but he heard a voice. He was baptized in Jesus' name by Ananias. The scales fell from his eyes, and he received the baptism of reality. That was the beginning, stick with me because this is critical, 
to the rest of this short message. That is critical to understanding what this scripture means in Revelations chapter number 12. Because the Apostle Paul had the opportunity, he stood before kings and magistrates and leaders and paupers and beggars and aristocracy of the day. And he was not afraid to tell his story. For example, in the book of Acts, chapter number 22, verse number 7, this is the Apostle Paul recounting his story. And I fell under the ground, and I heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Next verse. And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. Next verse. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. Now this is, this is many years after this actually happened to the Apostle Paul, but he was sharing his story. And everybody under the sound of my voice has a story. And then in Acts chapter number 26, before Agrippa, Acts chapter 26, verse number 13, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. Next verse. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Next verse. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thy persecuted. Why is this important? Because what you're seeing here is you're seeing Paul's conversion. And your conversion is meant to be shared every opportunity you have the chance. In fact, it's in this, we're not going to go to that scripture here this morning, but it was in this scenario right here where Agrippa, when Paul was all done, he said, Almost thou persuadest me. It wasn't talking about the shouting and the running of the aisles and how good it is to praise God and how great the coffee shop is and how great the altars. That's all great. That's all wonderful. But I'm telling you, it is, it is the conversion of an individual that is to be used by the church of the living God. Oh, clap your hands and give God the praise. If you don't have a conversion story, then you ain't got nothing. But I'm telling you, before you leave this building today, you can walk out of here with power in your brain and the washing of redemption in your heart and the washing of regeneration in your spirit. In 1982, I don't know, I know I don't look that old. I was 29 years old, and I was a heavy metal rocker, and I was performing in downtown San Francisco. There were two other bands 
that night, one of them was a death metal band. All they did was get up and sing about dying and going to hell. Can you imagine somebody paying money to hear a bunch of guys, a bunch of greasy, dope-smoking people get up and sing about going to hell and paying money to go listen to them? Is our world goofy? You can say yes. Somebody do something. Raise an eyebrow, wiggle your ears, do something. The other group was a little-known heavy metal band called Metallica. There were unknowns at that time. I was in a group called Roadrunner. We were the last band of the night, and at 11 o'clock at night, approximately, the curtain parted, and I heard a voice. Approximately a year later, I was invited to go to an apostolic church, little teeny tiny storefront apostolic church in South Sacramento. And when I put my hand on the door, that voice spoke to me again and said, you're home. I hope you're never tired of hearing it. That's my conversion story. And I'll say it wherever there's a pair of ears that wants to hear it. You've got a conversion story too. And if you ain't got one, then nothing happened. But I'm here to tell you that needs to be shared with a lost and a dying world. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody lift your voice. Somebody praise his name. Somebody get excited. God's still converting people from one dimension to another dimension. But that is not my testimony. You're probably sitting here thinking, man, what are you talking about, Pastor? That's your testimony. That's not my testimony. That's my conversion. My conversion is not what's happened on this side of the blood. My conversion was coming from the world into the church. This word in Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11, if you'll help me out there, Brother Andrew. Verse number 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word. Everybody said word. word. Say it a little louder. Word. Say it even louder. Word. Say it loud enough to wake up the people sitting next to you. Word. That word in the Greek is logoth. I was first introduced to Logos. Go to John chapter number one. In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. Verse number 14, and the Logos became flesh and dwelt among us. My testimony is not drugs and alcohol. My testimony is the word of God that brought me out and is keeping me out. Somebody go ahead and lift your voice and give God the praise. There's going to be somebody under the sound of my voice that said, Pastor, I ain't got some fancy story like that. I've never tasted drugs. I've never been to a bar. You got the greatest, you got the greatest story of all that God was able to keep you in a revolution of drugs and free sex. 
Somebody needs to lift their voice and give him praise and give him the glory and give him the honor in Jesus' name. Oftentimes, Pentecostal people, they say, oh, you know, the pastor's got a real, a real amazing story, and, and I don't have the story like that. And, well, let's talk to you about, have you ever smoked a cigarette? No. Have you ever been inside a bar? No. Uh, uh, do you know what a one-night stand is? No, I don't have a clue what that is. You've got a better testimony than I do. I've got, a, I've got a story that he brought me out. You've got a story that he kept you in. I need somebody to come alive today and give God the praise. God is able to keep you. God is able to save you. My testimony is the word of God. It's not in 1960 I did this, and in 1970 I did this, and in 1980 I did this, and in 1990 this happened, and in 1995 this happened, and in the year 2000 this happened, and in the year 2020 this happened. What's supposed to happen is with every chapter of your life where the devil comes against you, you stand on a scripture that says, God got me through that. God got me through that. God got me through that. The word got me through that. The word got, somebody needs to come unglued today. The word of your testimony is the word of God. God forgave me of my sins. God set me on a rock to stay. God lifted my hands. God healed my body. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, let's take a praise break right now. The devil had just... You can just remain standing with me. It helps me preach. The devil, there's been more than a few times where the devil thought he had me right where he wanted me and I went to the word of God and I made it another day. I made it to another church service. I made it, I went from victory to victory and glory to glory. It's time for some of you to stand on the word of God. That's your testimony. It's the Logos. kind of like it's kind of like temptation go to James chapter 1 verse number 12 I know a little bit about temptation and you know a little bit about temptation blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Well, pastor, I've already repented. You don't know that you've repented till you've been tempted. 
Oh, come on, I'm going to have to say that. I didn't know I was going to have to repeat myself here today. You don't know that you've really repented until the next time the devil comes around. You go, no, 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 no. Blood of the lamb, word of my testimony. Come on, somebody. You know what your deal is? You need to pile into this altar today and let God revive your testimony so that no devil can touch you. testimony, and I'm not belittling this as well. We got married, and we had a couple precious kids, and I bought a house with a white picket fence, a couple dogs and a cat. The dog was a pit bull. Killed the cat. Killed my neighbor's cat. Tried to kill my neighbor. My neighbors tried to sue me. I prayed, and God got me out of it. That's not your testimony. Your testimony is, when the devil comes, it's the word of God that got me out. When sickness comes, it's the word of God. When fear comes, it's not a psychiatrist. It's the word of God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. That's your testimony. Somebody shout and lift your voice and give God the praise. testimony is being built week after week and month after month and year after year. We are accumulating the experiences where we trust and rest in the word of God. Well, Pastor, you just don't know what we're going through. Really? How do you know? Well, your hands are always raised. You're always smiling. Got them fooled. You always worship, jumping around. That's to let the devil know you can't control me. I'm not resting this on the guilt and the lies of an unseen foe. I'm worshiping God because the Bible said, I am in the beloved. I am the apple of his eye. I'm sitting in heavenly places. I am highly favored. Every hand raised, let's give God the praise. You're building your testimony every week, every Sunday, every Monday, every Tuesday, every month, every year. Everything you endure, everything you experience is an opportunity for the word to be a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. That's your testimony. Not trusting a psychiatrist. Not trusting a little green pill. Not trusting a book from the mind and the intellect of a fallen person. How did Jesus deal with temptation? For it is... Jesus could have quoted two of those scriptures are found in the book of Deuteronomy. The one in the middle is in Psalm 91. 
He could have quoted them all off the type of his head, but he wanted the church to know your answer when temptation comes. The devil took him into the wilderness and started to tempt him. And every time the devil started to tempt him, he didn't run to a therapist or a psychiatrist. He didn't look for a rock band. He didn't look for some compulsive um, OCD, HOCD. He didn't give to some impulse, some habit, some filthiness of the flesh. He said, for it is written. He wanted the church to know that when the devil comes, you don't need a, a special genie in a bottle. All you need to do is go back into the book, for man shall not live by bread alone, but every word, every word, every word, every word. The word of your testimony. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Somebody under the sound of my voice, you're going through a valley right now. But if I understand the Bible, for thou art with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. In order for that to be your testimony, it has to be lived out. Well, pastor... When you get tempted, don't you just talk about what happened in the 80s about being a, that ain't going to do me no good now. <laughs> okay, God spoke to me in 19, blah, 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 and I put my hand on the door, and I, three weeks later, I got baptized in Jesus' name, and a couple weeks later, I, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. That ain't going to do me any good right now. That's my conversion story. I'm well into this. That's just the threshold that we all cross together to step across into the kingdom of God. And all of us, all apostolics all over the world over the last 2,000 years, we are all accumulating the same source for our testimony, whether it's in a hospital room and you've got to quote Psalm 23 or it's Psalm 40 or Isaiah 43 when you're in the valley of the shadow of death or you're about to be nerve-wracking. You quote the word of God. God, the entire body of Christ will stand in Revelations 12 and quote the same book. Clap your hands and give God the praise. I'm not going to the world. I'm not going to alcohol. I'm not going to drugs. I'm not going to sexual immorality. I'm going to stand on the source of my testimony. Let's lift our hands and give God the praise. Go ahead and lift your voice. Somebody give him praise. You may be seated. Very early on, as I was transitioning in my conversion process, God was going to allow me to be tempted to go back. What you are looking at today is not the personification of Pentecostal perfection. But I do believe the word of God. 
There was an old ideology that I hope is gone in some groups where if people ever made a mistake, you lose the ball and you're out. I do not see that spirit in the book that I love and I'm standing on today. I am not here today as the personification of Pentecostal perfection, but I am somebody that's living by the word of God. And that's my testimony. I went through a deal years and years and years and years ago. The devil was saying, well, just a little while he'll be mine again. God said, I don't know. I mean, there's only so many baptism scriptures you can learn. And there's only so many one God scriptures you can learn. You're going to have to branch out and get a couple other scriptures. When life hits. I love all those redemptive scriptures in the book of Acts, Romans, Galatians, Colossians. On and on and on and on and on. But you can't drive 5,000 miles with a granny gear. You're going to have to have some different gears in that gearbox. And you're going to have to have some experiences to teach you how to stand on the word. Oh, man, I know I'm not speaking in a foreign language. Some of you have just plugged in. If you're going to make it to the finish line, you're going to have to go through some bumps and bruises so that the word of God is going to keep you up, stand you up, so when God can finally get to do with you what he, why he called you out and saved you for, Instead of living to yourself, now you're finally in a place where you're going to let God do what he wants. I went through the trial of my life. And I went to my pastor, the greatest pastor in all the world. And he told me, call this brother and talk to him. Is another great man of God. If I said his name, there's people here that would know him. Probably most people would know him. I called this other man of God up, and I said, how do you do? My pastor told me to give you a call. This is what I'm going through. He says, this is what I want you to do. Now, I'm thinking, man, this is going to be technical, hard, get up, fast, seven days a week, twice a month. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to quote Psalm 23, verse 1, all day, every day. He even said, do you know what that is? I said, no. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Thank you. You're welcome. Click. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
I don't feel anything. Maybe I'll stand over here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'll go like this. The Lord is my, nothing. I didn't feel anything. But days turned into weeks and weeks turned into months. And that chapter of my life finally closed. And it was stamped by the hand of God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He'll take that. He'll take that to heaven with him. There's people going through all kinds of stuff under the sound of my voice. And what the devil wants you to do is just separate you from the reality of that living book. Because, see, that's your testimony. See, you're going to go through stuff that you never even dream. Why should I have to go through this? I, I pay my tithes. I'm faithful. I'm sweet. I'm kind. The pastor likes me. I don't have an ugly spirit, but this is going on. God's trying to build your testimony. There's people under the sound of my voice. You take, you're on your way to the hospital. Some emergency has taken place. The devil says, we have, a, or the, the doctor said, we have a program all worked out to you. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I got a passage here for you. It's in Psalm 43. And then he cross-references it with Psalm. And that gets you through there. And God stamps it, and it goes to judgment with you. And then, and then, and then you go through something else in your life. Oh, we never thought we were going to go through this. It's a problem in my life. But instead of going to drugs, and instead of going to legalized marijuana, instead of going to internet pornography, you stand on the word of God, God stamps it. It said it's going to judgment with you. And then you go through this and instead of getting on drugs, instead of getting bitter, instead of getting ugly, you walk on the word of God and then God stamps it and said that's going to judgment with you. And when it's all said and done, you overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Somebody stand to your feet and clap your hands and let these rafters roar. You may be seated. I'm just going to give you just a rare peek at some of my testimony here today. I, if, I, if I was to pass this microphone around, some of you would have hundreds of pages. I'm just going to read a few scriptures that have meant so much to me over the years that are part of my testimony. You've got, you've got scriptures and I've got scriptures. This is one that's made a big difference in my life. I can do all things through Christ Jesus which strengtheneth me. That's not just words on a page to Rick Mayo. That got me through a darkness. That got me through temptation. That got me through accusation. That got me through deliberation. One of the greatest saints I know, Sister Priscilla Magruder, her last song, Standing on the Word of God. Lift your hands and give God the praise. What are you building your testimony on? Whining, complaining, bitterness? 
the pointing of the finger. These people are this. These people are that. Everybody but yourself. Or are you looking at this saying, God, I need you more than I've ever needed you in my life because I have no testimony. I'm just an ex-wacko. I didn't have 12-step recovery programs, psychiatrists on staff at a church. My pastor just said, here's the book. It's sink or swim, baby. All these people, if, if you if, during the course of the growth of this church, if you start seeing people backslide, what you need to pray for is that they get a hold of the word of God. Well, they need love. They need love. Yes, I know you need love. But what you need to know is what the Bible said of being lost and undone. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Having these promises, dearly beloved, let us work out our salvation with fear and trembling. How does this guy, how can this man be 68 years old and preach like this every single week? I'll tell you why. This is my testimony. This is why God brought me out. God didn't bring me out. Yeah, what was your golf score last week? God didn't bring me out so that... I could get rich and everybody else is a bunch of poppers and I could just sit back like some form of spiritual royalty. That's not why God brought me out. God brought me out because he said, you gave up lands and houses and family and sin for my namesake. You're going to get a hundredfold in this life and in the life to come eternal life. Somebody shout. Somebody clap. Somebody give him praise in the name of Jesus. Let no devil steal my testimony. Well, pastor, we're on pills. You need to get off them pills because they're desensitizing you to what God wants to say in your life. God's trying to build a testimony in your life. Well, I don't mind going to this church because it's a lie, but don't expect me to do none of that stuff. Honey, when you get the Holy Ghost, you're probably going to out-worship all of us. Because God just loves to make a liar out of the devil. God just loves to prove people that they were wrong. Not because, he, not because he's on some kind of an ego trip, but he can't wait till you fall in love with him. And he just pours out his favor on you. Well, pastor, you know, look at the church and look at this. Where was you 28 years ago? I don't even want to listen to that stuff. You, people come waltzing in. They go, look at this big building and look at this and look at that and look at this. Where were you 28 years ago? And we didn't have nothing. I didn't have $2 bills to rub together. But because I had a word. See, if God gives you a word and that doesn't become part of your spiritual chemistry, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to say, 
Where was that word I gave you? Where, where was that promise I gave you? Where was that, where was that word I gave you when you, when you prayed? And you had, oh, you know, I forgot about it. You're going to be held accountable for every word that God uniquely, individually gave you because he needed you to carry his testimony. Because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Lift your hands. Yeah, you're in one of those kind of churches. We really believe this stuff. I really believe that you got to have the book, not just gathering dust on the coffee table or on the floorboard in the back seat, but it's going to be a light under your path and a lamp when you can't see your way out of your trial, your self-induced trial. No, you don't, you don't see a lot of ex-wacko drug addicts doing this because somewhere they quit standing on the word. There's going to be some things you got to go through where it's just that little tightrope. And there's devils on this side and there's angry stuff on this side. See, everybody wants... No. When it's the word, sometimes it's just... The race is not to the swiftest. It's just one day, one word, one word. That's all I need. I refuse to go back. I refuse to fall. I refuse to get ugly. I refuse to get bitter. And then... And then all of a sudden it's, hey, how y'all doing? Don't get, don't get too high-minded because next week it might be, what happened to you? Leave me alone. Just pray for me. Just pray. Just pray. Some of you understand what I'm saying. Lift your hands and give God the praise. God sent me to this congregation here today to let some of you know he's trying to build your testimony, not the opinion that people had on you by being a loser and, and, and you messed up and, and you're miserable and you're never going to rise again. No, that's not the God I serve. God is saying, rejoice not over me, my enemy, for when I fall. I'm not here by, by being the personification of perfection. I'm here because I understand the power of the word of God. Somebody shout. Somebody clap your hand. Somebody get on board with the word of God today. Okay. Here's my, this is my treasure trove. I got 100 pages of this stuff. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. I got all kinds of those forgiveness scriptures in my, in my testimony. What? You trying to say you ain't perfect? Uh-huh. In fact, in Revelation chapter 12, the devil's looking at this group of people saying, what are you doing up here? 
I was just talking to God about you. You ain't supposed to be here. You did this, did this, did this, did this. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Come on, somebody. You got to get, you got to, you got to come out of the bleachers and appreciate this today. God is building a testimony in every life if you'll let him. Oh, how about this one? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. That may not mean anything to you, but that means a whole lot to me. Have the bass player, one of our heavy metal bands, come over to my house. Who is it? It's Miller. All right, come on in. What do you want? He said, Well, I got some cocaine. We're going to go out to the bar. I've already got some people waiting on us. We're going to be out on the town all night. While he was flapping his jaws, I reached for my Bible and opened it up to Acts 2.38. I already felt called to preach, even though I wasn't called to preach to the second year I was in church. It was February 19th, 1985. I still got it written down in my Bible. But I, I preached to him from Acts 2.38. He was gathering up those drugs. He was getting out of there. If you'll just quote the Bible, devil... This worked 20 years ago, and it still works today. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. The Lord is a very present help in time of time. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands. Lift your voice. Praise God. Do something. Let me know you got a testimony. It worked 20 years ago. That's why. You see these guys? This is where the eagles sit, right over here. There ain't no buzzards. That's why the devil doesn't mess with these people. You want to know why? They got all kinds of arrows in their quiver. They've already been to the hospital. They've already been in a hospital bed. They've already, they've already had the devil lie to them. They've already been through this trial. They've already been through that valley. They've already been through that. They've already been through this. They've already got a testimony. That's why when the, the elder, either one of these elders walk up behind you, it's going to be good. Every time he walks up, it's something good. That's what I love about the elders in this church. It's not negative. It's not bitter. Every time they walk up to you, you can make it, brother. God loves you. It's going to be good. Why? They've already been down that path. This is not for people that are way up here and way down here. We're all on the same path, using the same book. The word of your testimony. I got all kinds of these scriptures. You don't want to hear my testimony. My goodness. All right, let's stand. Man, when the baby's unhappy, it's time to it's time to end this thing. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Listen to this. I know that we quoted a lot, but this was really big for me in the beginning. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and be a father unto you, and you shall be my son to daughter, saith the Lord God Almighty. Everybody in this building, 
I want you to lift your voice right now and quote one scripture that you've stood on through the years at any point. Go. One, two, three, go. Come on, this is telling your testimony. Name one scripture. Come on, somebody, lift your voice and get that scripture out there. Come on, let the devil know. This is, what, this is what's taking me to heaven. This is my ticket. This is my testimony. Let's do it one more time. On the count of three, quote one scripture. One, two, three. Oh, that's silly, Pastor. Really? I come to you in the Holy Ghost today. I just shared with you part of my testimony. Let's lift our hands and give God the praise. It ain't the rock and roll stuff. I don't want to talk about Metallica. I don't want to talk about Black Sabbath. I don't want to talk about drugs. What I want to talk about is what scripture got you through the darkest hallway in your life. What scripture got you through the darkest chapter in your life? What scripture brought you out of the valley and set you on a rock to stay? What scripture got brought you a revelation of Jesus? What scripture brought you a revelation of this great truth? What scripture... I'm asking the musicians to come. There might be somebody that needs to take a second glance of the Word of God because that is the Word of our testimony. We're all drawing from the same source, we're all drawing from the same Spirit. And it's applied wherever we need it, whenever we need it, however we, however often we need it. The word of God is getting me through, holding me up, lifting me up, keeping me focused, keeping me pure, keeping me clean, keeping me focused. Let's lift our hands one last time. Somebody love Jesus right now. there's somebody that's lost her testimony. It's in the hands of the Philistines. It's time to get it back. Maybe there's somebody that there was a chapter in your life that you relied upon some stupid deal instead of the Word of God. It's time to get the blood on it. That's all we need is the blood and restores to our testimony. This altar's open. Let's come from all over this building. God's here to help you build your testimony. Maybe there's somebody that's not even in the kingdom. You bought into a postmodern, post-reformation doctrine. It's not even apostolic. You can obey the word of God and get everything you need that God has for where you're at in life today. Maybe there's somebody that's got a broken testimony. Failures does not quit your testimony, David. That's when we go to Psalm 51. Created me. His glory is 
Cornerstone, help us pray. There's so many building a testimony. Not on television, not on a smartphone, not on the internet, not on social media, but that timeless record that will follow us all the way to the judgment seat of Christ. Though right now there's not much beauty in these ashes.